Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. I'm Dr. Steve Nissen, and I'm here with Dr. Melinda Desai, uh, who's reported the results of the VALOR trial at the American College of Cardiology meeting. So, uh, Melinda, what, what was VALOR all about? So, uh, thank you so much. Uh, VALOR was a trial which tested uh, whether or not the use of Mavacamptin, which is a novel cardiac myosin inhibitor, can help reduce uh, the need for septal invasive septal reduction therapies in patients with advanced hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy who uh, were maxed out on uh, standard medical therapy and were referred for invasive procedures. So uh, the invasive procedures that were being considered, uh, you said use the term septal reduction therapy. What does that mean? So septal reduction therapy, so there's two types of uh, commonly performed invasive uh, procedures. One of them is surgical where you do a septal myectomy where you shave a piece of the heart muscle uh, which is causing obstruction to the flow of blood. The other is where you squirt a little bit of alcohol into the septal perforator uh, which supplies the base of the heart base of the septum causing it to shrink. The ultimate result is reduction in our flow tract gradient. Yeah. So uh, how severe was the disease in these patients? How high were their outflow tract radiants at rest and with provocation? Yeah. Uh, because these were patients with advanced symptoms being referred for invasive therapy, they were pretty symptomatic. In fact, 92.5% patients were in NYHA class 3 or 4. Uh, the resting gradient, outflow tract gradient, was around 50 millimeters. And post-provocation, either by Valsalva or stress test was a um, little higher than 85 millimeters of mercury. So as one would expect, very severe outflow tract obstruction and very significant symptoms. Now, as I understand it, they all met the criteria, the uh, ACCHI criteria for undergoing these invasive procedures. Yes, they did. And each and every one of these patients was referred to the individual HCM centers. Uh, these were experienced centers with established uh, septal reduction therapy programs. So they were referred to individual centers for consideration of uh, septal reduction therapy. And, uh, and so at the baseline, at the beginning of the trial, uh, the entry criteria was for them to have met uh, criteria for an invasive procedure. Now tell us about the primary endpoint. The primary endpoint was at week 16, uh, how many patients chose to proceed with septal reduction therapy or how many patients remained guideline eligible for septal reduction therapy? Or in other words, if you look at it the other way around, how many people did not, after being on this 16 week uh, trial, how many people did not meet criteria for guideline uh, therapy? Okay, so this is a randomized controlled trial. You got a placebo group, you got a group with this uh, investigational agent, Mavacampton. Um, as I understand, uh, 112 patients, yes. so 56 in each group. What happened to the two groups? Yes. So, the, as you said, there were 56 patients in the Mavacampton group and 56 in the placebo group. Uh, each patient was followed uh, monthly uh, and for 
up to the period of 16 weeks with and everyone, the Mavacampton group, they were started on five milligrams and then up titrated or down titrated based on core lab measured ejection fraction uh, as well as outflow track gradient. The endpoints uh, were as follows. The primary endpoint, uh, 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 about 18% patients in the Mavacampton group uh, remained guideline eligible or chose to undergo septal reduction therapy. On the other side, in the placebo arm, about 78% patients uh, remained guideline eligible or chose to undergo septal reduction therapy. And this difference of almost, absolute difference of almost 59 was highly statistically significant with p-values less than 0.0001. In addition to this, we also tested some secondary endpoints in a hierarchical manner that included gradients, uh, uh, improvement in gradient, uh, whether or not they're improved by at least one New York Heart Association class, what happened to the Kansas City quality of life questionnaire, what happened to their biomarkers, BNP as well as troponin I, and each and every one had a highly significant improvement uh, in the Mavacampton group compared to placebo with p-values less than 0.0001. So that's really a, quite an extraordinary result. Uh, highly significant for all of the endpoints. So the question is, why do we why do we need a drug for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy? Why not just send these patients for surgery? That's that's a very interesting and important question because uh, the surgery or the, especially the surgical myectomy data have shown that if performed at an experienced center by the right personnel. Uh, the outcomes are excellent, uh, especially in a place like the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, you could have surgical myectomy outcomes less than uh, mortality data is less than 1%, uh, which is very, very good. But unfortunate reality is as follows. Uh, number one, there are not too many centers that can get to the level of uh, excellent outcomes uh, that, that are to be expected from a place like Cleveland Clinic. In fact, in the data published from United States National Inpatient Sample, the average 30-day mortality after surgical myectomy was about 5.9%. And in centers that were less experienced or low-volume centers, the mortality rate reached almost 16%. Uh, and in, in relatively more experienced centers, it, the mortality rate was about 3.8%. So. In short, there's not enough centers doing all these invasive procedures uh, and not enough centers that are doing it with the outcomes that are desired by these, uh, these patients. So that is a, that leaves a huge unmet need to develop non-invasive alternatives to these invasive therapies. As I understand it, uh, uh, this uh, drug Mavicamptin is coming up for consideration by FDA approval. So, uh, Obviously, your findings are going to be very important for clinicians and for patients to know about uh, because it sounds like it's a pretty viable alternative to undergoing a surgical procedure. Sounds like it, but you know, uh, an important thing that we need to make sure is this was a trial of 16 weeks. And so what we need to do is make sure uh, we have long-term data available, which all these patients will be uh, enrolled in long-term extension studies. And, uh, and time will tell whether it is safe, number one, and number two, 
do enough patients continue to feel better and that gradients are significantly improved to a point where they choose to defer surgery or in some cases they may choose to not have surgery because they are uh, fairly significantly improved in the long term. So when you give a drug that reduces contractility, you could reduce it too much and cause heart failure. Did that happen in the trial? So uh, that's a very interesting and an important point. Uh, uh, in the study, uh, what we, we did not see any new additional safety concerns. There were two patients who dropped their ejection fraction to less than 50% temporary, and the drug had to be discontinued temporarily, but restarted. There were no patients who developed ejection fractions less than 30%. There were no other adverse events like heart failure admission, sudden cardiac death, or, or any other death during the, uh, in the study. So titration with echocardiography yes. in this case actually worked. Absolutely. And, and that is another crucial thing is that the way we uh, managed the titration was using uh, clinically relevant uh, criteria of echocardiography uh, as well as outflow tract gradient assessment and ejection fraction. And it, it worked. So bottom line, a designer drug designed to, to affect the contractility of the myocardium uh, made these uh, people with very severe obstructive uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, they, they felt better, they improved their NYHA class, their gradients went down, they no longer were eligible for invasive procedures after 16 weeks. We'll find out what the long-term data show, and uh, it should be very interesting to to see what happens. Absolutely. We are entering into an exciting new era uh, of precision medicine as, as it relates to hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And, and the future is truly bright for patients uh, with this disease. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.